9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Go Plug Yourself podcast. Joining me and Chris Vendito this week is my old pal, Vinny Terzo. Uh, Vinny used to throw a bunch of raves uh, in the Montreal rave scene uh, known as the Rewire Raves every Easter. Uh, they were amazing. They were epic. He, uh, you know, like a reasonable adult, uh, got out of the scene for a little while. Uh, but he's back. He's actually working as the, uh, I believe, our artistic manager artist manager at uh horns and hoofs entertainment he's the artist manager over there uh which is like a subdivision of boschke beats records uh and so yeah so we talk a little bit about music we talk about the montreal rave scene we talk a little bit about golf because who doesn't like golf uh and uh vinnie talks about the fact that he's going to be at the renegade groove and bass festival that's happening june 30th in bryson ontario uh, which is, you know, a thing you should do if you don't have plans over the weekend is go listen to 30 hours of, uh, like, Psytrance, Drum and Bass, uh, tech you know, all those good music things. Come on, do it. You're young again. Feel alive, people. Two, one, hit it. Go plug yourself. You plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. You plug another plugger. Okay. Yeah, my headset would have been a little bit weird. Nah, nah. Uh, so, Chris, my boy, What's my up? beautiful boy, Chris, how you doing? Oh, you know, every day is a blessing, uh, Keith. Just want to get to every, see you. Every, every day is a blessing. Uh, um, the the, um, the uh, listeners can't tell, but you're wearing your best um, your best sleeveless uh, garden shirt on. Sleeveless shirt, yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's hot. It's so. Here's the thing, Chris. Is it hot in your apartment right now? Uh, so the like that's oh, sorry, we have the a- excuse me I didn't mean yeah because we have the one AC unit and there's no airflow into the actual office so it's actually you, like you, you live upstairs yeah. I live in a basement apartment which okay. everyone laughs at hmm. but <laughs> but super cool you have the air conditioning unit out in one room open air boom here we go it is freezing in here at all times yeah my my buddy scott lived in a basement apartment for like all of college and it was like on the hottest hot days whatever he had a shitty little teeny tiny air conditioner i don't know if he have curtains. Yeah, as long as you have curtains but that's it but you just draw the curtains and we'd all sit there and in play DC? super nintendo oh, in man. the basement what a, what a way to live <laughs> just like beat the heat live in the basement you know it's uh, funny it's like 10 days a year where it's like super hot that's unbearable and like yeah. this is not even unbearable, but this is one of those days where it was like super hot, and we have like seven more of them, and then it's over. No, I, it, I don't like, know. I, I, feel, I, I think July is going to be a scorcher. That's my my prediction. With all the forest fires and all that stuff and whatever else, like I think it's just going to. I want to play, I wanna play the SpongeBob music a few moments later, and it's just yeah, raining it's just all of July. Freezing rain in July. Just all of July, just pouring rain. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I thought of you, Chris. Uh, to when I, when I was booking this guest, yeah, I wonder why. Because I thought, uh, was it our vowels? Who would love? No, I, I just gonna say that you're an all night rave guy, right? Yeah, yeah Chris Vendito is an all night rave guy. Everything you know about Chris Vendito screams <laughs> all night rave guy. Uh, no, but you know the the Vinny, professionally known as just Vinny now. Just Vinny. J- just, just Vinny. Vinny. What up, uh, when I knew him, when I knew him way back in the day, he was known as DJ Clown. Very original. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, he's a funny guy. Yep, that's I it. Believe uh, it. And yeah, we met back at the uh, the the underground rave scene of Montreal in the early two thousands. Oh shit! Where uh, kids would just you know pop candy all night and get dance till sunrise. Get him in Keith. Uh, I'm not. I'm not committing to that comment. <laughs> I'm a virgin. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Vinny has never never done any illicit drugs. You were oh, you're always too busy. You were a businessman. <laughs> a businessman, apparently. Yes. And I, 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 like Chris, I'm also in a basement that is very air conditioned. <laughs> so freezing also down here. I, I feel your pain, buddy. Um, it's great when it's hot, but God damn, is is it rough in the winter? Yeah, yeah. no, winter's the worst. We lost power in April. I thought I thought this is it. We're gonna turn it into a meat locker. <laughs> That's it. Oh yeah, that was oh man. Uh, we we talked about this a little bit on the show. When the the did you lose power? Because you're out in the boonies now, right, Vinny? Like that's to me anyway. Saint Jean. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Did you lose? Uh, did you lose power at all? Actually, um, no. We didn't even lose power for for 15 seconds. We were really lucked out. We were just talking about it today, actually, on the golf course. We, we we really didn't lose any power. We had full electricity the whole time. We were we were living the dream out here, man. It is pretty far, but I guess I'm in a newer sector. Yeah. Thank God, you know, everything's like underground here. Oh. Okay. So uh, we were safe and comfortable, and yeah, thankful. Uh, yeah. Then you so, how'd you play today? Um, horrible, 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 horrible. I'm a, I'm a terrible golfer. I'm about a 130, you so, know, So, so we're in line. We would have fun together then. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And, and we didn't even drink on the golf course. So that that's the worst part. That's what's, you know, the deceptive part of it. We were, like, completely sober the whole time. It was just way too hot. And, uh, yeah, I suck at golf. That's the other part. When did, you guys take, when did you guys take up golf, respectively? I want to know. Like, I, I think I've, I think that's it, I think, has, has sailed for me. I was like, I th- I've hit 40 and never... <laughs> I've played, played I've around been the golf since I was a kid. I was better. My dad gave me golf lessons. He really wanted. Yeah, my really dad wanted me to play golf. Yeah. They gave me lessons and stuff, and I was just like, "Hey, you know what? You know what doesn't mesh? Tension deficit disorder, and the, like four hours of doing the same thing really slowly. Like well, those are 18, not. When you're 18 and you could, it's nothing else going on, no responsibilities. You could play seven times a week because all your and plus it was cheaper back then to play golf, and you, you had people who, you know. Twenty dollars for a round of golf was a was was a place where you could find. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, there were there were a lot of kids in my high school that did that, right? Like they would go to like UFO yeah. or whatever in Laval, like, and you're just like, post pandemic. Yeah, uh, it's it's not quite easy. A, you know, uh, getting out there for a round, or B, finding reasonable prices anymore. Golf has become more and more expensive across the board, which is kind of hurting the game. And and you know, but also you're in your thirties, you have other responsibilities, and golf's a game where you need to play a lot. And I think Vinny would agree with that. You, you need to play a lot to get good, to be good at it. Yeah, it's tough. It's expensive, like you mentioned, Chris, man. I just actually, for the first time ever this year, decided that I'm going full-on golf. So I got fitted for a new set of irons. Nice. It was about an hour process. You go into this room with a guy. There's the equipment everywhere. You're driving balls into this cool screen. They're calculating everything from distance to, to ball speed to trajectory. And then they, they, they recommend like the right clubs for you it's it's a marketing scam to sell you really expensive how many clubs. how many strokes did it take off your game all those special irons it, it probably added strokes <laughs> to be honest it was horrible man I, again i'm a crap golfer so I'm, I'm a bad reference on a on a if you're a good golfer it would probably help you save about 20 25 30 yards every stroke oh, okay but yeah, you have to be at that level for it to really matter. Yeah, it's like those those guys who have like the as soon as you 
that you were talking about the the golf clubs and measuring and all that stuff. The, you mentioned your gaming computer at the beginning. Those guys that have like the custom like zero latency controllers where they change the tension of the buttons and stuff, and you're like, oh yeah, it lets me react like fractions of a second. I'm like, you think I play video games at the level where any of this matters? <laughs> like, I'm sure at a certain level, this is making a difference to these guys who are playing what do you call it league of legends or whatever the heck they're playing on professionally for a bunch of money but no three of me chris have you ever gotten that have you been fitted for a set of irons uh yeah it's a it's a fun process it's uh sounds like a tailor but like for golf it is a tailor for golf Mm -hmm. it is a bit of a scam like Vinny said in terms of you go there and and these guys are talking your your ego up and making you feel like you're such a good golfer (laughs) and then you run into you slip the credit card over and then and then uh that's it. But I mean, I've um, I only got fitted for a driver. I only been fitted for a driver, okay. and I went to fit my putter. I went to regrip my putter. The irons. Uh, I had the same set of irons for twenty years, and then uh, a couple years ago on my birth, on my thirtieth, my uh, the family got me a new set of irons, which was very nice. Oh. Um, but yeah, no. I um, the fun thing about golf is that it's very much you could, uh, you know, it's a tradition you could pass down to generations, like. Uh, it always looks like good times when you're like chilling with the boys out on the golf course. It is fun I'm always, times. I'm always into the photo. I'm like, that looks like a it good is time. Fun time. Oh, wait, There's... that was four hours of that. But like anything nowadays, <laughs> it could be totally ruined by uh, the internet and, and people's opinions on life. Like you could post a picture of you playing golf, and there'll be like four comments about how we're destroying nature. You know? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, what's cool about it? What I like about it is you're at least it's an outdoor event. You're you're kind of exercising. It's not a sport where you you're gonna get hurt yep. playing it and and i think it's really sustainable because of those factors like you look at these football guys they're getting freaking body checked every 10 seconds they're concussioned like at 32 years old dead they're retired because they can't play anywhere they can't even talk like golf isn't like that golf you're out there you're walking you're outside i don't know man you're taking some sun you're walking i don't know there's just no damage done to the yeah, body like my, 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 Vinny, cool. i'm assuming you're in your 30s like the rest like me and keith uh, I'm I'm more Keith than yeah. you, yeah. More up on forty. I'm sure you guys. I'm sure because you, you sound like a bit of an athletic guy. Playing, how about playing half court basketball in your mid thirties, and just for an hour, you feel like you're gonna die after. Forget me, like obviously me, I'm gonna be out of shape. But like even regular people tell me all the time, I was like, like trying to play sports in your thirties and forties now. It's 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 like tough on the joints. So the only things you can do are like golf, maybe tennis, like low key tennis. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough. Like you can't play like full on. Five on five ice hockey in your forties? Yeah, forget that. Unless you're doing oh, it every night, like unless you really have the muscle memory and whatever. Yeah, unless you're, you're strong, unless you actually have the lower body strength to be able to survive that. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I, I remember, I, think the- I've, I go snowboarding. I would say like once every year or two at this point, and I can do it. I can go for the evening. I can have a good time. But like you're like like you said, your your ankles, your knees, your joints, like even just snowboarding, like no no bailing or crashing or nothing. You're just like your body's like, what the hell were you doing last night, you jackass? Yeah. <laughs> like you're just in like it's not necessarily pain, but it's like about to be. You're a, like no matter what, you didn't have to hurt yourself, but your body's telling you like, hey, you do a little more of that, and uh, oh, that's why I have a I've, I've instituted a rule across the board now. Where it's mm. like you, if you're over thirty years old, you know, and you're moving, pay for movers. <laughs> I agree. I'm, I'm not moving anyone for no. Exactly. Anymore, those, I'm, sure. My twenties are over, and not just because I'm again, uh, I've added more weight than I would like to in the last couple of years. But just in general, I'm coming. If I'm coming, I'm coming to be a site foreman at this point. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not looking like pay for fucking movers. Like my, my buddy had to go help. He has two kids this weekend. He had to go help some guy move. 
with two couches yeah, no, and, and a table. I'm like, yo, call a mover. What's wrong with you? You're, like, in le- unless, listen. You're moving listener. into a five-bedroom house. Call a fucking yeah. mover. Like, unless you're sort of, like, down on your luck, lost your job. No, yeah, bullsh- fine, Like, fine. If, if you really, you're, you have nothing, no money, call me up. I'll help you move. But maybe, if you're, like. Maybe a- you don't have the truffle risotto going out and you fucking have. Like roasted chicken. Call a fucking mover. What are we talking about? Yeah, don't about? call your don't call your boys to move your house when you're in your thirties and have a career. Yeah. That's unnecessary. Unnecessary. The man has two kids. Can't even pick him up anymore. Oh, I have to move Brian's couch yesterday. I helped my buddy move his pull out couch a couple years ago and I there was like some karma shit that happened to him because I was like really again, to your point, just call someone for move. He's like, No, 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 and it's a pull out couch, big heavy steel frame inside. And he tweaked his back so badly. He was, like, lying on the floor for, like, two weeks after moving that stupid couch. I was like, this is because you did this to yourself. yourself. You tried to save a couple bucks, could have called some guys, said, move the couch over to my house. I was like, this is this is biting you in the ass. Uh, oh, yeah. And like Chris said, we're not in the same shape we were when we were 22, 100%. man. It really, it's not the same. It's not the same at well, all. Well, that, that was what I was, the obviously booking you as a guest and stuff i was getting a little little nostalgic for the uh for the montreal rave scene and whatnot and and it like boggles my mind aided by uh energy drinks or or whatever else it still boggles my mind at the concept of like hey you want to dance for 12 hours like is that a thing you want to do on saturday would you like to go to this party and dance nonstop, even with whatever is getting you there it's still i was like no that doesn't sound like a good time at all a hundred percent a hundred percent no man i don't think anybody our age wants to do that anymore, it's crazy unless you're really tweeting but that's what i'm saying i remember some of those older guys and they now seem even more insane like they seem they, they seemed insane and creepy to me as a kid that there were older people at raves and now that i'm like older i'm like what were they doing there no, it's even there's worse some, there's some old Mediterranean dudes man that have something in their blood that that like Italians, Greeks, uh, Lebanese guys, they'll go forever, man. They have the right cap on or cap of tracksuit, they could go forever, bro. Well, there was a... I don't know what they're on. Is if it's just espresso or if they're like, like <laughs> but like they're they're like that's racist. As an Italian, that's racist, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you get you get the right amount of caffeine and the right amount of cap on some of these guys, and they're going, they're going all night. They're creeping everybody out. There used to be a guy, I don't know if Vinny remembers him, but Ryan, our mutual friend of the time, Ryan Harkness, uh, there was a, there, yes, Ryan. There was a weird old guy that he used to call the Rave Buddha. Oh, boy. Who was mm. just, like, again, heavier set dude who, he wouldn't show up, like, he would show up early in the morning. So if Rave's going to, like, you know, 10, 11 a.m. or whatever, he would show up at, like, 4 or 5. So he was clearly, I think, like, going to bed, waking up, and then going... Never creeped on anybody. Just sat there and danced by himself. That's good strategy. Like, though. That's good strategy. Yeah, just I think I think I know who you're talking about. I, I don't know if I don't remember the nickname Rave Buddha, but I remember like there was always this older like couple of people yeah. that were just like dancing in corners, like keeping to themselves, creepy style, like almost stalker, but like they kept to themselves, so it was all good. Like nobody <laughs> exactly. Everybody's keeping an eye them. on them, but as long as they're not, you know. <laughs> Bringing home young kids. Yeah, exactly. Kid, That's know? it. Just go. And, and I mean, it's not a bad. It's it's a good workout, I guess. If you like dancing, you just go to this, uh, pay twenty bucks and get four or five hours of dancing in on a Sunday morning or something. Vinny, I mean, to that 
to that point, man, that's kind of why I, I took a step back. You know, when we when we first met, we, we chilled for a couple of years. And then after we kind of got a little old, started, you know, actual serious relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'd have to take a step back. Like I took a, a good eight year retirement, uh, you know, away from the scene. I just couldn't do the whole up all night dancing from 12 to 12 anymore. I think the, My knees couldn't the take The last, it. I think, like what you'd consider to be like rave proper that I went to was if it wasn't the last rewire, it was close to. <laughs> the last rewire uh when was the last rewire yeah. about um i mean it depends what you consider being the last one was the last like there was a couple of smaller ones that followed the bigger the bigger easter rewires well, yeah um, an e- and easter rewire so it was an e- it was yeah, so- i remember specifically it was easter weekend so it was definitely the easter rewire yeah, it was for Easter. I mean, the last ones, if I'm not mistaken, I think were 2008. That was the last one that actually flopped. And that's that's when I kind of it, it kind of hit me in the face. I'm like, okay, I think I'm getting too old for this. I don't have the energy to promote anymore. I can't be at Tam Tams every weekend <laughs> giving out flyers. Like, it was just too much for me. So I, I just said, you know what, that was it. And I'm pretty confident it was 20, 2008 or 2007 at the 2008 very would make a ton of sense because I think I like Sarah and I have been together 15 years and that was right when we started dating and I don't know if she came with me or not but I, and I and I remember we didn't uh we absolutely did not do the whole night I think I, we came by to say hey to you <laughs> pretty much very possible uh, just and just like kind of like did the rounds and maybe stuck around for like uh, an hour or two a little bit early in the night and I remember having that that thought of also just being like oh man like now I can see that these kids are in high school and you have that weird like you're like I'm, I'm a, you're like ah oh, man I'm I'm a couldn't enjoy myself i was in like I'm, I'm not a dad but i was immediately in dad mode being like oh this this kid's had too much or this kid's out of their mind or whatever <laughs> like you can't even like like cut loose and have fun because you just feel bad for all these kids out of their minds just going crazy <laughs> so 2009 is the official uh the official date here from from my records whatever it is was i able to pull up here for you guys okay. so yeah so yeah 2008 2009 makes a lot makes a lot of sense because it was either like i said i'd either just started dating sarah or was in the first year and i remember like i said maybe maybe swinging by to literally say hi to you and that was uh and that was it and then there was like no more rewires basically but for a while though you had to run right like those rewire events were I recall them to be basically one of the biggest annual, like what you'd consider underground raves. When we're talking raves, to specify as an underground rave, we're not talking about like Ballon Blanc. You're not renting out the. That's the not. Palais is that, de do we consider that a rave, boys? Do we consider, they, do we consider they, that a rave? Pe- people call it a rave, but they're, it's that's, not, that's what a not a rave. rave. It's just that's no. an organized rave. Yeah. That is a structured, sponsored event with loot bags exactly. and everything. Exactly. The stuff that we were, that Vinny was organizing, I was going to, they were in like sketchy spots That's what I'm with sound about. systems installed yeah, yeah, with yeah. the ce- paint of the ceiling melting off we have too fire much we have fire violations everywhere <laughs> yeah exactly that's a rave yeah. ballon blanc yeah, yeah. is not a rave <laughs> i mean we got lucky we really lucked out our first rewire really caught the attention of everybody and it the hype exploded after the first edition which was at one of those sketchy locations i think it was at l'union francaise for those who remember <laughs> what that was nice. um which was a decent a decent place but still wasn't like up to the quality of you know today's standards i guess yeah. let me let me give you and, a pro tip for all you kids at home any any space if it's if it's pitch black and you have like a couple of like good lights it's it's fine it's a good spot how many of those places were completely disgusting? But with all the oh, lights man. off and a couple like neon lights and some some black lights and whatever, hey, you got a rave going on. 
Sure, we're all blowing black shit out of our nose the next day, but we're not asking any exactly. questions, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Gross lungs. Uh, I mean, we also got the chance to organize, uh, I don't know if you came to this one, Keith, where we organized it at the area, but this was the area after it had shut down, which was oh, yeah. honestly a, a blessed experience for us. Um, we really lucked out reserving the place um, before it closed, and then I haggled the guy who, who like let us reserve the place to... to, to, to allow us to throw the festival nonetheless there even if it was closed off so half the stuff was already ripped out and thrown away and oh man it was just such an epic experience um to have it done there at area with the sound system with their setup so there was still that professional environment which was pretty cool for us you know yeah coming for sure i think at, that, that that's always the the big the big kind of kick in the teeth of, of an underground rave is you no matter what you want to say about the music nine times out of ten it's getting blasted through like a shitty pa right like mm-hmm. it's you're never really getting really good speakers so even if you are uh, a music aficionado of the music that's playing i don't think you're ever listening to it on really good quality speakers on at most of the raves at least at the time oh yeah definitely not and usually it's always like a budget speaker system or it's badly calibrated the acoustics are horrible um thankfully like people have learned from our mistakes and and you know there isn't as many of those type of events anymore which is kind of sad but i guess good at the same time now you go see the artist who you want to go see like that name that adam bayer is like oh my god let's go see adam bayer and you go see him at picnic and the sound system's like five star and a half yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, so do you think it's you're definitely more of a concert quality. now than a party where it was in the early 2000s i mean i i, I haven't continued to go to For events sure, yeah. much yeah. you know in the last 15 ish years but um the ones that i do go to you know sad to say they are more commercial like uh, i do go to like I, I went to see rage against the machine in ottawa last summer which was completely epic has nothing to do with race but like the sound system and everything was amazing it was, it was i went to go see them wow. at madison square garden it was great oh wow you went to msg to see yeah, them yeah. oh man that must have been something we too, bought yeah. we bought the tickets uh like february of 2019 like before pandemic and they kept pushing the show pushing the show pushing the show and then yep. uh, then finally we got to last year yeah it's the, the wife and i yeah. went to madison square garden for it yeah amazing well but i was at i was at picnic la- last week uh, for um, um, what's her uh, name? The girl? No, no, no. For the uh, Ukrainian chick? No, for too many DJs, aka Soul Wax, as a DJ said. No, it wasn't it that Ukrainian chick. I can't. So maybe that was name. two weeks ago. I don't know. No, it was two weeks ago. You're it's right. You're Miss right. Monique. It was Miss Monique. Yeah, yeah. No, two weeks weekend? ago was too many DJs. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What is time? Keith, man, Keith, sorry, come on. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. But I mean, but I and I'll certainly still go. Like, I'm friends with, uh, we've had him on the show, John Hatz, who uh, does the I Love Neon parties and now and has uh, runs, uh, like, Barla Ritz and Fairmount and all that stuff. And even he's saying, he's like, oh, yeah, like, I book, like, nightlife shows. They're not raves where it's three rooms, everybody's playing hour-long sets, it's a bunch of DJs nobody's ever heard of. There's, like, a 14-year-old spinning music <laughs> or whatever else, like... And at that thing, at those parties, it wasn't, to your point, it wasn't even about who you were going to go see. It was just, there's a rave this Saturday. <laughs> yeah, let's go get let's go get wasted. And and that's where I think the transition happened, Keith, is that now, I guess the crowd is, is a little older and we're more picky on where we're going to go invest our time. I, you know how it you is. Think you got to reserve time with your friends. Like, because I was going to um, say, because I was like, like, think about like how hard it would be to find like a lot of 
like I said, hardcore, happy, hardcore, psytrance, whatever, like finding those records was a pain in the ass in and of itself. And it was like, if you were into that music, you almost had no choice but to go to whoever was going to be spinning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there wasn't really like, oh, I can't go listen to this at home unless I'm a real, unless I'm like really into it and buying these records and tracking them down from these labels. You would, couldn't have, there was no other place to listen to it, right? Like you couldn't even, there wasn't Spotify, there wasn't iTunes, like... Um, the streaming could play a bit of a role now you know in, their names. in that. <laughs> now you know who they are. But I mean, if the, if that artist comes, like you even went to MSG to go see Rage. So if Rage comes to town, yeah. you're not you're not going to replace going to see them live by watching a YouTube video. No, of Rage. It's not no, no, the no, same. no. Of it's course, but yeah, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. But though, but back in the day, though, you wouldn't even know the artist. You would just sort of like, oh, I, I mean, it was kind of like even like punk and stuff. Where I remember going to a bunch of like punk shows at Licks. I wouldn't necessarily know who the bands were. I just knew there was like a punk show at licks because gotcha. because you know like i'm unless you were really 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 deep into it you wouldn't know maybe you would know the headliners maybe but like it would be like oh i can't even i see a list of names on a poster there's no way for me to validate who these are can i listen to them do i like them <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just like oh i got a cool poster i'll go to the show it's gonna be punk rock you know like yeah I, I think we all started there keith when we started going to parties that was pretty much the consensus like hey it's oasis let's go to oasis who cares about like who's this paul oakenfold guy like let's just go and oh my god it was amazing we didn't hear like more than three tracks throughout the whole night probably because yeah. uh, we weren't even paying attention so yeah <laughs> i think we all started at that point where uh it didn't really matter who was playing and as as we age then it's like oh wait He's not going to be there? Oh, no, I'm not going. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay me to move now, man. Like, if you want me to go to a show, sure. Are you buying the tickets and my drinks and you're bringing me back in a limousine? A okay, reasonable yeah, hour? Well, I'll consider it. <laughs> exactly. I'm, 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 I'm in bed by midnight. Yeah. Right? Jesus like, Christ. Hot tea. Hot tea. Vinny, uh, <laughs> can I ask? A weekend that we just passed here in Montreal was the, was the Grand Prix weekend. Was that when you were organizing your raves? Was that a weekend you, you circled in the calendar? Did you stay away from it entirely? What was your strategy, I guess, if, if, uh, if I could ask, um, behind um, just that weekend and w- in terms of organizing parties? Yeah, I mean, um, never really dawned on me to, you know, necessarily put some emphasis on Grand Prix weekend on our end. We were really, um, it was always a battle on who's throwing an event where and when, um, especially in like the early 2000s. And you didn't want to overlap with any other promoter. So like, it's all about finding that special day where nothing's going on and you can maximize your clientele. Um, and there isn't too many different events that are going to split people up. And as time like went on, people, you know, split up even more and more and you'd get less people because there'd be more events going on. So Grand Prix weekend, definitely, in my opinion, eh, eh, avoid, get out of there. Too much going on. Uh, yeah, you don't want to compete too much with Grand Prix. for your attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would yeah. say, yeah, no. We, yeah, we, yeah, we I, think I, the same in comedy type. We, we, we tried a couple of times to match up like comedy weekends with the Grand Prix. And it just doesn't really work. Um, you'll get some overflow of people coming in on like off nights, like the Sundays or the Thursdays, but the meeting nights there, the Friday, Saturday, people are at different venues doing different things. They don't want to watch comedy or listen to music. They want to, you know, act. or, or if, or if they do, you're up against like the heaviest hitters in the business, right? Like yeah. uh, Windsor station had Diplo 
Sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Where it was like a four or five hundred dollar ticket for the floor seats, and did you? Buy? And there was Martin Garrix too, I think, uh, at the Heineken stage or something yeah. at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's nuts. Which? I, yeah, this is in Vegas here, man. We can't. There isn't a, a, an amazing club at every freaking corner where you can have Dead Mouse in one corner and and uh, Steve Aoki in the other corner, yeah. kind of thing. You know? I know it's weird. I, I I saw those tickets and I was like, that's nuts. And I was like, but I guess it, it's Grand Prix. Tourists are in town. They want to live the high life, all that stuff. It was like forty thousand dollars for a a stage table or whatever the heck it was. It was like hey, forty for, grand. You, forty grand for uh, yeah. you could invite up to twenty people to your little booth. Oh, 20, 20 whole wow. people. Yeah. It's, oh, wow. what, what is that? Uh, it's like two know, grand a person. Two grand a person, and I don't, and they say it's forty grand, but I think it's forty grand, and you have a minimum like four thousand dollar bar tab or whatever you have to buy yeah. just to, to to warrant Jesus. it. <laughs> And there we were busting our ass to sell fifty-five dollar tickets to a freaking solid event back then. Man. Yeah, exactly. God I always, I always it. remember you bitching and complaining at the rewire <laughs> stuff because like half the raves were like ten, fifteen dollars. But as we discussed, sound like shit, shit venues, shit sound system, whatever. Vinny tries to put together good lineups and charges like fifty bucks, and you're saying fifty dollars, and this is music from like ten p.m. till noon <laughs> the next day, and people are like. These rewire tick game tickets are so overpriced. <laughs> yeah, man. Money's always going to be a battle. You'll always get the two side of things. People don't want to spend and others don't really care. And you got to find the balance between both. And it was tough. You know, it was tough. And that's I think that's why it never really worked out long term. Mm-hmm. Um, because it always ends up catching up, and as you start scaling your price down, the lineup kind of takes takes, um, takes yeah, a hit, and then thing, people right? lose interest, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing about this city, too, though, I feel, overall, is that we'll pay premium prices to go watch David Beckham play soccer, right? We'll go. We'll pay premium prices to go to a Celine Dion concert at the casino or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, everything else, if it's not name brand, it's like, ah, I don't give a fuck. I'm not paying $30 to go watch a comedy show or $30 to go, watch a, to, go to a rave concert, you know? Fuck that. That's too much money. Again, I'm going to if, if it's Jer- blockbuster. If, <laughs> if it's Jerry Seinfeld hel- headlining that comedy show, I'm sure everyone's, everyone's lining, lining up, up to pay, pay that price, you know? bucks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We get picky, man. As we grow older, we get picky. We, we know what we want to hear. We know what we want to see. And we'll pay for it. And the rest, we really don't care about, no matter the price, right? Yeah. Uh, so looking forward, I just want to – I took the notes here. Try to keep us on track a little bit. <laughs> uh but you got back into making music. We were talking about a lot of the good old days, but I see there there's Horns and Hoofs Entertainment. There's uh, Boschke Beats. What are, what are these? What are you doing? You're making music again. Explain how. So Vinny. making music is a bit of an of a bit of an overstatement. So basically, yeah, I, I, I again I, I took a retirement. Um, I guess sabbatical, if you want to say, because I wanted to build a family, uh, built a family. My daughter's finally at an age where she's a bit more independent. She's hitting on nine years old soon. Um, she can kind of manage herself. So it gives me some extra time to do what I used to love doing, which is getting involved more into the music scene. Um, so um, about a year ago, I reached out to a, an older contact when um, I did release a CD, uh, if you remember, the Rewired CD from Jester Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a bunch of artists on there, and um, one of the collaborators was Alex Boschke, um, who is the head label manager of Boschke Beats, which is now uh, located in Panama. They're a record label. They released, in my opinion, um, some of my favorites, some of the best artists that ever existed. Uh, Midi Millis, Spire Alliance, um, two German guys that have 
you know, a couple of different aliases now known as more as um, Extra Welt, uh, the same guys. Um, so Alex Boschke really brought their music uh, to the forefront of the scene and inspired um, inspired me to kind of come back. So I reached out to the guy after, you know, being dead for eight years. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you know, I still have drive. I still want to do something. You know, can we work together and try and make something work out? He's like, look, I've got two labels right now, Horns and Hoofs and Boschke Beats. Boschke Beats is the big one. He goes, Horn and, Horns and Hoofs, like we don't really have somebody to kind of take care of it. So he, he goes, I need I need a dad for this label. Uh, I need somebody who's going to invest time and, and, and knows the music and wants to help promote the sound. And I'm like, dude, that's perfect for me. Let me join. I'll take care of that aspect. So uh, I've been running Horns and Hoofs for, um, I guess, about six months now. Um, and it's also kind of got me back into the scene. I've started, you know, being a bit more active again on social media, uh, posting a couple of mixes here and there. Um, this summer, I've got an amazing booking, uh, thankfully, and blessed uh, a Groove and Bass Festival. Um, it's, I think, their third edition, if I'm not mistaken, this year. It really combines um, sci-tech and techno and psychedelic music, uh, but also it brings in some drum and bass, which is really cool. Um, the crowds kind of blend in really well together. And um, honored to be um, mixing there this year. Uh, I'm not 100% sure um, what time or which day specifically I'll be playing at yet. That should be out yeah, tomorrow. I, I was going to say, because this is a whole a whole situation that's happening at Groove and Bass, right? Like they were, I think they had a bigger festival planned and they had to postpone. And now they're doing uh, a, a renegade festival version of... Oh, gosh, you really did your homework, didn't you? Know? you? <laughs> It's almost like I've done this for like 279 episodes. <laughs> but yeah, right, so well, yeah, so look, they, they said, if I'm not mistaken, they did a couple years and then they were get, getting all geared up for this one. And now they, they pushed the big one, but they're still doing a renegade festival and you're on that. So it's still an all weekend nonsense craziness. 30 hours of music which is insane. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so, so, I mean, information is a little bit limited, but from my understanding, basically last year, they kind of went all in. Mm-hmm. They pushed, they, they pushed everything in. They invested a, a, a shit ton of money um, into their last edition of Groove and Bass. And they thought, I guess the turnout would have been a lot better yeah. and it didn't hit their expectations. So financially they took a bit of a hit there and they've been trying to catch up throughout the year um, between last year and this year to try and do some fundraisers, raise some money, you know, pay back a couple of the small little debts they weren't able to take care of, uh, which is awesome. I mean, most people would have just fucked off, you know, declared bankruptcy and screw everybody and, and moved on and started a different festival. And, and that would have been it. But these guys, you know, they have the heart in the right place. They really wanted to make things right. Um, they threw at least six fundraisers to try and raise funds to pay back those people who you know didn't get everything they were you know uh, promised and um unfortunately because of everything and the ticket sales for i guess this edition they had to push back the official groove and bass festival which had you know specific headliners mm-hmm. that were i guess more attractive if you like to say more expensive you're good looking um, Vinny. you're good looking okay come on i mean hey man you know we we're talking about weight loss before you know and weight and put on pounds and you know I, I i knock on wood i've been doing pretty good i did put on a few but i also burnt off a couple uh, i've been trying this whole keto crap and you know low carbs diet and drinking beer that tastes like water and it, it works you know it, it kind of works it does work sometimes uh you, you can lose weight by you know sitting in a chair and, and just changing your diet so that that's pretty cool too but yeah um 
so anyways yeah i'm honored to say that i'm i've booked i've been booked for both of the festivals the renegade one this summer coming up june 30th to july 2nd it's a three-day thing from friday to sunday um it's in bryson in quebec god knows where the hell bryson is it seems to be <laughs> northwest ish of ottawa somewhere in a in a town where probably you'll never ever go for the rest of your life um but apparently the site's pretty cool it, they, they've done it there for a last couple of uh for i think last year and uh there's a festival coming up this weekend there saint jean baptiste uh, that uh, they lost their venue because the city where they were throwing the festival just decided to say, no, you can't do it anymore. So they were stressed out. And the Groove and Bass people said, you know what? We've got the place reserved. Come do your festival here the weekend before, which it's direct competition. You know, um, there's no other way to say it. They're a direct competition to the Groove and Bass Festival. Regardless, they still said open arms. Come on, guys. Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll pick you up. Do your festival here. Um, and then we'll just pick it up where you guys leave off. And um, yeah, really cool. so uh, yeah. really excited. For some reason, there's like uh, limiters on all of the speakers, though. So it's not like loud at all. You know, like <laughs> it's just a real quiet. You're like, wait a second. Why is this music so quiet? Oh, I don't the know. lights, the I'm lights, not, the lights. Come back next weekend. It's going to be off the chain. <laughs> the lights flicker. They don't stay on. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly, I'm not saying right? that's going to happen. No, no, no. Of course not. No, but that's actually that's cool though. At the same time, is that, that and I think that's how you're going to, like you said, build up a community again and build people that that care. Because I I can only imagine that the people that are down for like a whole weekend of side trance are down for like two whole weekends of side trance. You know what I mean? Like if you're if it's in you and you're like I'm the type of person who's going to listen to 30 hours of music straight. And just sort of crash out somewhere in the middle and then get up and keep dancing. Like, you don't want that to happen only once a year. You want it to be again and again. So it's not crazy, right? Like, I'm sure that they it's got a tremendous crazy. amount of goodwill amongst the community by by reaching out and helping out this other festival, right? I think so. I, I think, you know, they needed it because there was, um, I don't know if you follow um, what was going on around the Groove and Bass Festival on Facebook. But some of the people um, who unfortunately weren't um compensated mm -hmm. adequately as per their standards um i guess we'll put it that way because you never know the full story but course, you know yeah, yeah. we only get what we hear um they they came out on facebook and they started slurring the the party and they started bashing the promoters and oh my god you guys didn't promise us this and didn't give us that and and it, it caused a lot of drama that was really unnecessary and it did hurt the reputation of the festival it hurt ticket sales i'm sure this year um, which is probably uh, one of the factors why they had to renegade it this year you know mm -hmm. Uh, because of these people who were upset, you know, DJ princesses that were like, oh, my God, I didn't get my hundred bucks. Like, you know, go work, you know, for a hundred bucks. Really, if you were playing for a hundred dollars and that's what broke your heart, you know, find a second job. Seriously, like, you, you know, I, I never got paid three times if I'm if I'm counting, you know, besides Picnic Electronic and maybe Eclipse Festival, every other fest, every other event. Out of the 75 to 150 events I DJ that, if I got 50 bucks out of all of those combined, it was like a miracle. So <laughs> you don't DJ because you're looking for money unless you're Tiesto, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it kind of sucked that the scene kind of came out and, and ruined the reputation of a, of a of a festival and of a promoters that, you know, I, at least from my point of view, seem to have their heart in the right place. Maybe I'm the naive guy. Maybe they're fucking crooks and they're just going <laughs> to, you know, rape everyone this year and take the money and run and cancel next year and don't refund anybody. I don't know. You know, I don't think so, but you never know. Right. Well, hopefully not. Let's hopefully. let's say it's going to all go according to plan. The renovated festival is going to be great. It's June 30th, right? Canada Day weekend. 
Is that Canada Day weekend? Yes, sir. The 30th of the Where the weather right now, long term, looks better than it's going to be for this weekend uh, for St. Jean. So that's encouraging. Hopefully, you guys get a nice, uh, clear skies, no bullshit, no rain weekend. I can't wish the same for this weekend, but that's, you know, for other reasons. I've been praying. I've been praying that I'm like, please rain all weekend this weekend. Get it out of your system. The rain, just get Get exactly, just piss it all out, and then be dry, and then let's go for next weekend because it's tough. Even for next weekend, honestly, if you if you check the weather in Bryson, it it isn't as promising. Um, so it's a long time though. It's like ten days to change. A... Yeah, we've got time. I'm not. Too, and even too then, if it's if it's it now, scattered but... showers, it's not the end of the world either. Like, uh, yeah, we go to Oceago uh... almost every year, and when there's like scattered showers, it's actually it's kind of nice. <laughs> you yeah. know, like you're like, oh, a little bit of rain, and then just like three days of like sun beating down on you is also a problem if you're at an all day oh, yeah, music time. festival too. Yeah. Big time, and I'm, and I'm a bit of a princess. Uh, Keith, I, I know it. I was gonna say I was gonna bring out the story of the last time I saw you at an all weekend <laughs> festival. So Chris, we're at uh, Eclipse at the time. Uh, you know, like it, it, this is literally same kind of deal. Like music starts Friday night, stops Sunday afternoon. I think there's maybe maybe a four hour break between like ten and two on Saturday or if something. You're lucky. If if that, and I think there's probably music on a stage somewhere. Uh, everybody's like tenting it, roughing it. It's gross. It's just a bunch of <laughs> bunch of sweaty ravers dancing all the time. Uh, Vinny had like a queen size blow up mattress on some kind of a like stilt setup. Like it looked, it looked like a real in his in his tent looked like a queen size bed was just like yep. set up. Not it was no like no flat mattress. I swear to God, you had like in my memory, you had like sheets. And, like, a blanket and pillows and stuff. And you just set yourself up with a little, like, a small suite in your tent. Dude, at that time, when we knew each other, I was still living with my parents. And I'm an I'm Italian-raised, so I was, you know, family and, and comfort. So, yeah, I'm sure my mom took care of all my bedding needs and made sure that I had the little cover you put over the mattress, yeah. the one you put on top of it, yeah. and the thick one to go over and everything, right? But yeah, it looked like the furthest thing from what anyone else was sleeping on at the entire campsite was this this basically a full queen-size bed in his tent. And it's gotten worse, Keith. I, I purchased an RV just like about a month and a half ago in anticipation for Groove and Bass <laughs> and the festivals to come just to make sure that I'm even better than sleeping on that air mattress that you remember. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, there's no way Vinny's roughing it. Especially, like, now in your 40s or whatever. I was like, this is not a... I'm sure there's guys who show up with, like, a bedroll and a backpack and just fall asleep leaning on a tree. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. Yep. No way Vinny is uh, is not, not going that. So that I was going to ask you, how what, what are your accommodations going to be? But an RV, you're going to get, like, AC in there, television, Xbox... So, no, it doesn't go that far. It's still renegade. <laughs> It's still renegade camping. All we've got is um, electricity for lighting and maybe flushing the toilet. That's about as far as it goes. There's no AC. You can't um, on these sites. There isn't um, there isn't the plug. Yeah, yeah there isn't the high voltage uh, plug-in. Yeah, exactly. So you're not really connected to anything. It, it's freestyle. They call it uh, boon booning. I think the the official camping term or something. Moon docking or I don't know something like that. They have a cool term for like you know being off grid camping okay. without anything plugged in. So, but you're yeah, going to have the RV. <laughs> I'm going to have the RV, yeah. I'm going to have my little protective, 
you know, carcass, I guess. <laughs> Isolated from anything whenever I want. Is it, and is this the first time you're playing a festival in what, whatever it is, 10 years plus? Um, well, no, I think if my memory serves me right, I did get a booking, um, I think it was a year and a half ago. It was during COVID or just before COVID, um, also at a festival. This was actually in Ottawa. Um, God damn, what was the name? I can't even remember. I can't even remember the name of the festival. It was a small festival. We were maybe like three, 400 people at the most. Um, some really, really chill people from Ottawa that put this festival on. Um, they had me come and play a throwback midi millis set um, in the morning of the last night. So um, I, it wasn't the full experience, though. I mean, I was a little bit um, stuck with work you know, scheduling issues. I couldn't go for the full festival. So I only kind of got there for like the set that I was playing, which which kind of sucked because I missed the whole like progression of the festival and got there at the end and kind of just got there as a superstar. Hey, I'm DJ Vinny and let me play. And then I kind of left, you know, <laughs> which kind of I didn't really I didn't really like that approach but um I, I didn't have a choice because of scheduling so this is the second time i would say in the last 10 years um that i am getting uh, a booking and again really um honored and blessed to have been given this opportunity again um to share my musical sound with people and hopefully um it picks up again and again i really i don't want to be the next tiesto i made that very clear with you know the horns and hoofs and boshki beats guys i'm like if you think i'm going to be here to to, to to move on and and you know tour the world and play like every single country it's not happening like i don't have that time i don't have that vacation from work i've got a full-time job at the bank and that's my focus um so everything else is just gravy and fun uh, and that's really where I want to be one or two bookings a year at the most at festivals that I respect with artists that I want to hear myself. That's for me, you know, all I could ask for. That's awesome. Man. Uh, Chris, you got any, uh, any questions before we, uh, we move on to our, uh, our final questions there. What was the one thing while you were in, I guess, away from the game that you missed the most about these events? Was it putting them together? Was it actually the night of? Was uh, was there nothing that you missed? What was it? What 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 brought you back in? I guess is is the question. I mean, when you're there, standing in front of all those people performing, and you feel their energy, Chris, it's it's there's nothing else that can that can reach that level of, I guess, emotion. Um, and, and that's really where where I think there was a bit of a void. Um, I love playing music. I love music. I, I still listen to music all the time. Um, and, you know, sharing your taste of music with people and seeing them and how they respond to that and the feeling that it gives you. I mean, it's just like being praised by people. Uh, and that was tough for me to kind of go from being, oh, my God, I'm like, everybody loves me to like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm here. This I'm Vinny. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> it was kind of it was it, it takes some adapting. So um, I would say, yeah, the, just being there, you know, in the vibe, Dro feeling dropping, the energy a, dropping of a dope track in the you know break room at work and everyone's like what are you doing Vinny <laughs> and you're oh, like gosh. come on <laughs> I throw I throw little events with cousins and families here in my backyard I play some music that I want to hear they're like okay can you put Beyonce on please like I'm like what the <laughs> hell so yeah you know obviously not people going with appreciate the bit, the guys <laughs> come on <laughs> exactly <clears throat> Chris you want to uh you want to dabble in DJing did our, I did. Stick, I did stick, in high school. You DJ? I DJed in high school for a bit. I was close with our school DJ, oh, Ty. Yeah. Um, he was a, he was about four or five years old. Not four or five, probably ten years older than I was. And every time, he, every event that he came to, I would go help him grip and 
because I was on the school production team and stuff. Oh, so, grip, uh, and I would every once in a while be like, "Hey, can I play a couple songs, do a couple transitions, bro?" And then he would help me, let me do that. <laughs> and then I would go from like you know A to B, and that's as most as I was able to ever do. Um, I've emceed a bunch of weddings through my yeah, through my, you've done all through time. my job through comedy, uh, and we're close, working closely with DJs on that. That's always a good time. Most of, almost all of my interactions with DJs have been pleasant. They're they're good dudes, and uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not as uh, quick on the board though as as I probably should be to be at that level. <laughs> so speaking of school and DJing, it it made me think back to when I was at Dawson. Um, I don't know if you were there, Keith, to the events that we used to throw with the level four team, sarcastic and. Um, and, yes, uh, and, definitely. And Toltec, we used ah, to do those I, events. I yeah, this, I, I said that. Uh, why did I just play? It's Langer. It was called Langer back Langer, in the day. Why do I just Carlos? Carlos. <laughs> Toltec is Carlos. Yeah, Carlos. Yeah, yeah I ran into yeah, him Toltec recently. Yeah, like not recently, but like within the last year or so. Yeah, actually, Carlos, I spoke to him uh, about a couple months ago, and he was he was also I guess he's in the same pattern as me. Like, we're about the same age. He took a bit of a you yeah. Know, he's back. He's around. back in it now. He's back in it now, man, and he's producing his own beats, which you know I'm I'm, I'm unfortunately not. I can't say I'm making any music. I'm I'm just DJing it, but he's actually making and mm-hmm. producing his own techno music, and it's coming out pretty solid, man. He's shared a couple of tracks with me, and it's pretty punching. So um, hopefully he keeps it up, and uh, you never know where that can bring him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was gonna say, Chris, some of the best nights that have happened in Montreal comedy scene or whatever else is. Where it starts off as comedy, but then ends as a dance party. So I feel there's a synergy there. Yeah, I don't agree. Being... Straight up, uh... you don't agree because you can go home after the comedy. <laughs> no, I, I. You're not. You're not a young person. Young people will sit down, watch comedy for an hour, and then want to dance for four. No, back in the day, it was it was comedy and then karaoke on a Saturday mm-hmm. night. The comedy works. Those were fun. Uh, I've seen the party, diving bell dance floor. The, the, the dance party. Those are for the kids. <laughs> The kids yeah, I'm not it. saying you need to be at the dance party. You can do your set, make them laugh, go home, be you know in bed by. 10. I want to be watching Sports Center at twelve o'clock. Exactly. I'm not saying you need Money to in be hand. involved Money in the in dance pocket, party. You know? No, I'm saying transfer. I've seen these kids. I've seen these kids at Diving Bell. I've seen these kids at Art Loft. I've seen these kids at what's the the laid well, back. We don't reference shows. Art Loft in the show, Keith. I'm to... my bad, my bad, my bad. The kickback. Are we allowed to reference the kickback? We don't talk about the kickback either. God damn it. Yeah. So much beef. So much beef. I'm, I'm just I'm, saying. I'm just saying. It's for Walter. <laughs> Listen, it, we're not talking about the organizers. We're talking about the kids at the shows. That's the people that you want. Those kids. That's not, Those that's kids. not the people you want. That's not the, you want the people. You want their parents. <laughs> you want their parents buying with, with bottles. the money. At your, at your fancy I want their mothers. I want their mothers. Yeah. And I want their aunts. <laughs> I want their aunts' friends and the recently divorced... Uh, sister-in-laws, those are the people you want. That's the crowd. At the comedy show. So if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, Chris is also a part-time or full-time stand-up comedian. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a stand-up comic and producer in the city. So I relate a lot to what you were saying about organizing events and the pure you know pure hatred of it that you could get over, over the years. Um, <laughs> but this city's uh, this city's interesting in terms of entertainment. I've always maintained this. This is not a, a uh, a city that has anything that they like. It's an event town. Uh, we just had yeah. F1. Now we're going to have just uh, the Jazz Fest, and we're going to have Just for Laughs. And these are all events, but it wouldn't be something I wouldn't call us a jazz city or a uh, 
a, a motorsport city or a or a comedy city. It's these are just we're events. We love events. We love parties. Yeah, we've got, we've got paying customers, is what yeah, you mean. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So so as long as you could curate something that speaks to enough people that buy a ticket and you can cover your you cover your expenses and and, and like you said, you're not going to make money on every gig here in this town. This is not Toronto or Vancouver where there's just people walking through the door because it's Saturday. Here, it's you got to earn the people's ticket. <laughs> yep, I agree. It is tough. So it's a little bit different. Because there's, uh, there's a lot of people that just like to have fun on the mountain on a Saturday night drinking a six-pack and smoking a joint, <laughs> you know? like. So well, Vinny said it earlier. Like he, he did half his promoting for the Raves back in the day at Tam Tam. Yeah, I mean, not, how many? Which yep. is not even like an organized thing. It's a drum circle on the mountain every Sunday. Yeah, it's a bunch like, of fucking yeah. hippies. You know, <laughs> it's the best. Who, who are broke but yet still find the funds to buy a ticket, which is which is you know beyond. Me. Oh, yeah. hey, they're broke. Those drums aren't cheap them. either, too. They're Where do they get the money for those drums? They're too broke to pay their bills, but they always have money for for beer, weed, and 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 sexual adventures. <laughs> Yo, my my best friend, my best friend right now, um, his burn rate just to survive through the day is probably about seventy dollars. We tried to calculate it before. He wakes up at like eight, cracks a beer, and not just a Budweiser, probably like a microbrewery uh, six dollar beer. And has a couple throughout the day. You know, once his first beer is done, he'll light a joint. Then he'll smoke a cigarette. Then he'll crack another beer. And then it's just rinse and repeat throughout the day. Maybe throw in some mushrooms in the equation. Oh it's God. just ri- ridiculous how, how, like, some people can just consume, like, all day. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. Sounds like a nightmare to me. That sounds, that sounds, like, a, that sounds like a whole week of recovery. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I know we're getting old, but, like, also, I think certain people are just built into their – that. It, that into their immune system now where it's like they could do that like i don't know the, the way can crack a beer and way can bake those days uh i mean i don't want to you know say they're done for but not while i'm working yeah they're definitely they're, they're like reserved for like bachelor parties yeah we <laughs> say, you know, yeah exactly like, special events yeah. Right? yeah exactly maybe a long weekend here and there yeah you don't like, tell your doctor about them it's just oh man I still get dirty looks from my not dirty looks. I always like whenever doing insurance at the doctor. Like, I don't I don't drink what I feel to be like a ton, but if they're like, oh, like it's just like how many drinks do you have in a week? And it's like one or two, three <laughs> or four, five or six, or like seven plus. And I'm like, I'm seven plus, and I'm like way plus. You know, like I'm like it's not like why is that the highest number I can check? That's like if you have two or three like beers two or three times a week, that's nine beers, guys. Like that's. That doesn't oh, yeah, that doesn't feel insane to me. I'm like, there's three hockey games a week, you know. <laughs> and there's three periods a game. Exactly, a beer a period, that's, and you watch well, that's, hockey. That's nine. Beers. Now I'm at nine beers, <laughs> and suddenly I'm that's apparently just on the math, high end. Doctor, just just <laughs> math. Yeah. What are what are what am I supposed to do here, Doc? Yeah. What are your guys' opinions on the signing of um, Cofield at such an expensive rate? I don't think it'll be expensive down the road you know what's funny about uh, hockey you, is you, that seven million dollars a year is expensive and that's like bottom of the bench in like every other well, sport that's, so that's the fun look, thing about hockey is it late, I, late late episode hockey takes if you yeah. look at his points per game when he's healthy and not being coached by dom ducharme it's in, it's through the roof like the guy is a goal scorer and you have to remove that dom ducharme bullshit 
the knock on him of the knock on him of like oh he's injured whatever i had a buddy who literally <laughs> met him on a plane and like obviously officially unofficially whatever have you he was like the guy's shoulder was fine they told him to sit out like they were like you're, of course, you're, you're, you're yeah this season was done yeah, yeah exactly right? that's it what are they gonna why are they gonna rush back they're like oh yeah if we're if we're vying for a playoff spot or whatever it's a different story this kid would be back in the back on the ice in like march but you're like no take the whole entire year we want to be tanking so have fun so i'm like okay so he's not as breakable as they say because apparently he would have been ready way sooner and ignore his entire career under dom Ducharme because the less said about that entire stretch the better uh, I think, and I feel that at $7 million, right now the cap is is flat and not really moving around. They say in the next couple of years it's going to go up. I feel like $7 million is going to look like an absolute bargain in a couple of years. He barring had 12 points in 20 playoff games as a, yeah, dude. As, as a minus, like a less than rookie player in the league. That's that's what impressed me the most about Cole Caulfield is when he came up at the end of that season when they went to the finals – he, he played like three, four games in the regular season, or I think maybe 10, and then mm-hmm. went on a playoff run where he was top three forwards for yeah. in that finals run. So I think, uh, that, I think that mistake the Habs could make and the mistake that the Habs have made with numerous lines in the past is they built an entire small line. Right, yeah. and that's the problem. Like you look at like all of the really productive small players, like your Marty St. Louis, like your Patrick Kane's. They have big guys. Well, that's why they brought back Monahan. Yeah, and and look at he if did. he ends up playing with like Slavkovsky, like yeah, which is Slavkovsky's the dream, a right? Beast, which is dude. the dream, it's, right? One hundred percent. Like I'm if, a big if, fan of Slavkovsky. I think he's a really good player. I think yeah. he's going to come back strong this year. And if they could get Pierre Luc Dubois, which is apparently a done deal, good. as no, no, the, apparently the Rangers. Yeah, apparently the Rangers have stepped up like the kitchen sink for them. But uh, that might be smokescreen from um, coming out of Winnipeg. Uh, but I, I really hope that. Well, yeah, because Winnipeg's going to drive the deal up as much as they can because they're like they Winnipeg has their hands tied because he had said I don't want to play here. How much return can you get for a player who doesn't want to play there? If it's not Dubois, do, do you look at trading the fifth for an established player? Do you see if Toronto wants to get rid of Marner? Do you see if? Uh... Whoa, no, they're not getting rid of Marner. They're going to get rid of somebody. I don't I, know, Toronto's I, if I'm Toronto, thing. I'm not getting rid of anybody. If I'm if I'm Toronto, I'm running it back. But I mean, if I'm I I don't think so. I don't think you make necessarily have to make those moves. I think you have. I think if I'm Kent Hughes, it's year one. I'm not in a rush to make a splash. I wouldn't mind another like as a businessman. I wouldn't mind another like year in the basement, get more picks like. Go robust and then start moving pieces. I don't know. It's this, year one. This is the year. Right? Like, what are you year. doing? Like, it's not a. It's not now or never. I don't think they could do another tanking year, though. Not I another tanking year, either. but because then at what point are you just teaching your team how to lose? Sure, but 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 also at what point if you're looking at the top of the East and realizing that you're going to have a bunch of teams scrambling for one playoff spot and you realize you're probably not. I don't know. Look at Florida. Right All year they looked like a terrible team. They went to the finals. Yeah, but they're also they won the Presidents Trophy the year before. You know, like it, it was that Florida. I think is the anomaly. But if I'm looking at the East next year, Boston Florida, Wolves. I'd give. I don't necessarily. I wouldn't call them. Count them out for a playoff spot. No, no they're still a playoff team, but they're old. That's it. Sure, but I'm just saying. But like, almost get lock for the playoffs should be barring full meltdowns. Toronto. Yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Tampa. Yeah. Should be Florida. Yeah. Should be Jersey. Sure. Pittsburgh, Jersey, maybe not. And now you have two spots for the rest of the entire division. 
or the conference, I should say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it gets tight. It's very, and, and like I said, you have teams, like I said, that can step up. You could have a Pittsburgh team that lights it up again. You do they have a goalie? Have... The Canadians is just bounce on below guy, guy, or are they missing a goalie? I think they're missing a they're goalie. I think they're missing a goalie, and I think, I think the missing NHL goalie. is missing goalies. I don't think the NHL has enough good goalies anymore. <laughs> I don't think the NHL needs goalies. <laughs> Look at Vegas. Oh, Who's man. in Nets for Vegas? I don't even know his name. Is it Aiden? Is what's his face? Aiden Hill. No, Aiden Hill. Is the Florida guy. Aiden Hill, their actual third string goalie. Yeah. Fourth string, if you count Jonathan Quick. Yeah, they traded for Quick, and he oh, barely cool. played for them. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That was a weird transaction, though, because Quick was Quick was a half decent goalie with LA before. Oh yeah, he's like a winner. Yeah, well, I mean, they got him as insurance because Leonard was hurt. Like that's that's the whole. That was the whole thing. Is they were they were running with two backups at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Then they got a uh, Jonathan Quick for insurance. Then none of that worked out, and then they called up Aiden Hill. So in lots of ways, he's almost the fifth string of the Vegas goalie <laughs> team. Like you don't not to say you don't need a goalie, but a good system. And a and a competent goalie. You need a competent goalie. I think the it's days the, of needing a, a star goalie. So the Habs young guys. He he's he no longer in the plans for the future. We think. Montebo Montebo still there. The still other one. Oh, the guy who was the one. future there. Allen. No, not no, no. Or no. Price Primo Primo Caden Primo. Yeah. I think Primo's done. Oh, Didn't Primo. they ship him? I thought they moved him even. Remember when he was like the I'm future sure star. Yeah, yeah, he he had a lot of. Well, of course, I mean, he had a French Canadian last name and was a goalie for the Habs. <laughs> what more could you want, right? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Everybody will go nuts. Uh, but to get to get back to the whole tanking yeah. thing, like you said, if if we go through another couple of seasons of tanking, if you guys followed hockey a little bit a couple of years ago, the stadium was starting to become yeah. empty. Like you can feel yeah. it. You can feel it for sure. But I, the, I, but if I'm again, if I'm Kent Hughes, I'm not. A French Canadian guy. My tie is to run a build, like run a team. And you take a look. You're like, hey, how did tanking work out for you know Pittsburgh? How did tanking work out for Chicago? How did tanking work out for like all like even Toronto? Like Toronto hasn't won despite themselves, but they were in the freaking basement forever. And that's how you get an Austin Matthews. That's how you get these guys. Like yep. if a building gets empty, everybody's gonna forget about it real fast when you are suddenly going deep into the playoffs. Like Montreal will forgive that team in a second. I agree with you. It'll it'll show in the ticket sales. But if you have yeah. it as a plan and it's going to be only two three years, eh, dude, the the team, the city would explode if all of a sudden we have a top five team in the like in the NHL. Yes, that's true. Oh yeah, for sure. Came to explode team, by the way. Yeah, he's still still on still on the payroll. But yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is that, and I think that Kent Hughes is the guy who can maybe see that. I think that uh, like uh, Bergevin and stuff is like you're you're a French Canadian guy. You're too close to the city. You, you can't stand seeing empty seats at the Bell Center. I don't think Ken Hughes has that problem. Ken Hughes also a bunch of yeah, though, so. yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. But he's, I, I think that he's a business guy more than. I don't think he's making calls with his gut. I don't know. Nah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We just got to make sure Molson doesn't get too emotional with players, and that that's really <laughs> when shit starts to turn around. <laughs> All right, Chris, do you want to wrap up with five questions? Yes, buddy? sir. Let's do it. All right, so Vinny, so uh, Chris, do you want to intro it? I know you love to intro it. Well, you know, Vinny, um, we do this just incredibly innovative thing on this podcast where right at the end we ask our guests five questions, but it actually is a bit innovative. Uh, we, we, we have three questions that we ask everybody. Our fourth question is from our previous guest who's asking the future guest a blind question. And our fifth question is a question that you're going to ask us, but also the future <laughs> guest. 
Okay, Got cool. It. The less prepared for this, the better. Yeah. So I have Perfect. the first question, and it's, uh, Vinny, what is your hottest take at the moment? What do you mean by... Like your hottest opinion like hot take. on the news, the world, Hockey, culture, music. sports, whatever it is. Hottest take? Uh, well, uh, I'm a big golf uh, stud these days. <laughs> That's all I've been following is golf and golf and golf. And those who follow golf know that the U.S. Open was last weekend. And there's a bit of a scandal where so people are starting to say where the winner, um, Wyndham Clark, apparently took a shot where it was out of a penalty area. He shouldn't have taken the shot there. He ended up going along and yeah. won the U.S. Open, stealing, you know, the prize from Rory McIlroy, who has been an established golfer forever. Um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, that's uh, that's my take. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think he cheated. I think he should deserve to win. Yeah, I saw the clip, too. Um, as he was. Uh, first of all, as a golf fan, how great was the, the West Coast golf at night? I mean, I know it got, the tournament got a lot of flack for the people at the actual tournament and the course not being U.S. Open material, but I, I love watching golf at ten o'clock at night here on a on a on a, on a, on a Saturday night. <laughs> oh yeah, all week last week I didn't stop talking about. It. I'm like, oh my god, this is the best gift right? ever. Like watching golf, it's like everyone goes to bed. There's still like There's three still hours three of hours golf hours left. Golf. I was like, oh my god, Amazing. give me some golf, oh. man. Um, <laughs> Primetime night golf, baby. I do want to ask go. you that now that I know that you're a, a golf fan. What are your? I guess what's your take on the Saudi Arabia piff money? coming in and and how do we see sports washing going into the next generation we're seeing it all over soccer now obviously f1 and golf is a huge deal in terms of business and sports what what's uh, i guess what's your what are your views on that what do you think about the saudi arabian sports golf merger I mean, sure, they're, they're, where their money comes from is debatable, uh, you know, ethically and whatnot. I try and I try and distance myself from where yeah. the money comes from and look at it more holistically and what, what can this do for the sport itself. Uh, I mean, for golf, what it's done is it, it it's rejuvenated a sport that's been, you know, stamped and marketed for old people and it's brought this young crowd to golf. Yep. Um, we, can, we see people now golfing in shorts through the live tournaments, um, there's beer explosions, people chucking glasses on, on hole in one events where, where, where like a golfer on the live tournament scores a hole in one. It's just, it's, it, there's music throughout the whole tournament. Whereas like golf and the PGA tour is super silent, you know, shh, shh, don't talk, can't say anything. The guy's got to shoot. Can't just, can't concentrate the guy with music. So, um, I mean, again, what it brings to the sport, I think is great. Unfortunately, yes, it comes from dirty oil money that's you know unethical but if i was anyone and had the option to either choose i think you know anybody most people would have gone towards you know dirty money for sure yeah. for themselves and i probably would have as well so <laughs> i can't i can't you know bitch those people who chose to to make the move i think you know they did a, it was a financial decision and it worked out well because the PGA got bought out by Liv anyway. So <laughs> I think the PGA won in the end Happy too, ending. right? They, they uh, ultimately they, they 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 get to stay as the PGA Tour. Uh, they get to keep a lot of control, and uh, Greg Norman is nowhere near the PGA Tour. So I think ultimately, if you're a PGA Tour uh, lifer, uh, you, uh, you got to put your you know your feelings about the money aside, and you got to come to the conclusion that this is probably better for golf down the line. Yeah, they were burning money. Oh, they didn't they have were, the money. To not, keep up. They were yeah. not making no, money. Exactly. 
they were not making money and now they've got that you know that that stress relief where they can just do what they want to do what they think is right what they're passionate about without having the financial burden behind it so i mean again for me i think it's great others might say it's horrible and you know kill everybody who's associated to them but whatever i guess i'm more of a passive <laughs> uh question number two this is i mean you're a dad so you maybe have a have a, have a of zeroed in take on this but uh to you Vinny, who is the star of sesame street the star of sesame street i think for me it's always been big bubba bird oh, man i don't know why but <laughs> but you know, when people say sesame street that's the first you know character that comes to mind um yeah i don't know why i guess i've always liked bananas and he's yellow so i don't know Maybe he's also he's the like He's the point of view character of people our age. Like younger than us, it's Elmo. But like when you and I were kids, like he was the like, oh, we're going to teach Big Bird about, I don't know, a thing or whatever have you. All right, Chris, moving on to question three. What what, what you got? Yeah. Uh, so, Vinny, what is what piece of media or piece of literature uh, or film has been the most formative in your life? Like what? What? What do you look back on and say? That's really taught me a lot about being an adult or being. Uh, yeah, like like change the way you think. It changed the way you view, view something. What? What? What piece yeah. of uh, read a book, watched a movie, listened to an album? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess from lack of preparation, and it, it's probably going to sound super cliche, and ninety matter. That's of what your about. audience. These are gotcha you probably questions. all say the same things. <laughs> I would say like the Matrix movie, obviously. Oh, sure. def- definitely hit me a little bit um and it reached out to me being um a bit more of a like a geek um in my younger age um you know just to think that we might be some type of a program running and when you think about it logistically god damn it's 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 almost feasible it's almost like too (laughs) true to be true uh when you think about how everything runs and how everything works and how we've gotten to where we are today through evolution uh, or so they say evolution how like monkeys turned into humans and it's there's a lot of discrepancies in history and it can only be because somebody just decided let's just press play boop, and then puff everything popped up and here we are into this lovely matrix so i think yeah that definitely was so um, I, something that touched me we were, i was talking about this with the, my couple of my friends is there a more disappointing series of films than the matrix films <laughs> being how good the first one is and then they just get progressively <sighs> shittier like, like, I, like a lot of movies have kind of jumped the shark or whatever like the terminator movies two high points and then kind of trickles off uh alien movies two high points then trickles off but matrix it's like there's the first one the second one's okay yeah third one's kind of shitty and the fourth one is actively bad i'm like what a disappointing franchise to come from that height because i was like you when i saw the matrix it like i blew my mind for like you said the the sci-fi elements of it the the philosophy elements are we really real soundtrack was killer the effects were killer at the time the effects hold up even you like watch that movie they do you watch that movie we watched it over the pandemic and i was like yeah there's a little little rough around the edges because this is a 23 year old movie at this point but it doesn't look like it looks better than a lot of other cg that came in 2010 (laughs) you know like 
thankfully after the third matrix if i'm not mistaken they did that little skit with justin timberlake that completely saved the series i don't know if you remember the skit at the end um it was after the credits and it just popped up i think i think actually on the dvd because yeah dvds were a thing back then Uh you can select the special scenes and it was a skit from saturday night live with justin timberlake where they were imitating i think it was will will ferrell was also there and they were they were imitating the whole scene between um, the architect and Neo, and they just they just completely spoofed it, and it was hilarious. I mean, you guys should check it out, I man. It, it's, but yeah, it I, really what funny. a disappointing but yeah. run. Because like I said, I, I was there with you. I was like, this movie blew my mind apart when I saw it in whatever it was, 99, 2000, 2001? Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to not be the only one who really didn't like the fourth movie because it was. I feel like that's consensus, really actually. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Is I it feel consensus? like well, everyone I talked to who's big fans of the series felt really let down by the fourth one. It starts good. <laughs> I mean, I would say no. Like I would say the first, <laughs> the first rerun of the first movie because they put it into the <laughs> they put it into the fourth. <laughs> no, but like but when when in the in the fourth movie where they're talking about the fact that you're like oh it's gonna be like a reboot and a rehash when they're talking about the video game and they're like but we have to subvert expectations. I was like, oh, this is so meta. They're so smart. They know exactly what they're doing. And they're going to blow my mind again because they're setting it up to be like, we understand how the, you know, like we understand how the sausage is made and this is how you do a reboot and blah, 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 blah. We've spelled it all out. Like that's what they're talking about in the entire beginning of the movie. And they're like, just kidding. It's the first movie again. Like they set them, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they set themselves up to be like, we know exactly what you're thinking we're going to do. And then they just do it anyway. Like they were, it was. I was so waiting, ready for that. Like they flipped a switch and everything was different because that was seemed to be what they were building to. But then they were like, "No, we didn't do anything. We just phoned it in." Here's mm-hmm. here's and and I think the most disappointing part about the fourth movie, not from a like structure or anything, was that apparently Ken Reeves only filmed it in like a couple weeks, so he just doesn't do any kung fu. He just sort of like waves his hands around and just does like neo force powers. Which is insane because we know he can still shoot action films because the John Wick movies are amazing. <laughs> was like, the fourth one any good? I don't. The know. fourth one is I, fantastic. I would say yeah, it's, my, it's, really, my, it's my second favorite one. Like I will okay. say the the downside of it is they've completely done away with any sort of semblance of like this could be reality. Like it's well, that's always been that way in John Wick. He's always had like a hundred million bullets. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying it's all. I, I, but that's what I'm saying is like it's that to another level. Like it, it's oh, yeah? it, it's okay. like the first one is not believable. And this one makes the first one look like it could be a documentary. Like, <laughs> it's, but it's still good. They still managed to bring it all together. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's okay. some of the best action sequences I've ever seen, and, and oh, whatever nice. else. But like, but at the same time, like fifty whatever year old Keanu Reeves falls like three stories out of a building and gets up and is like, "Ow!" And then just like, and I'm like, "No, you're, you're hops along. You're an old man and you're dead now. That's like, <laughs> you have to completely check out from reality in, in it, which is like I said." Not the reason I'm going to see a John Wick movie to see accurate no, exactly, right? filmmaking or like this is how <laughs> fights really would be. No, or oh, he he can't he can't he wouldn't be able to carry that many bullets on him at one time. Like oh yeah, really? That's where you're, that's where the problem is. <laughs> they have bulletproof suits in John Wick, right? They established they have that. coins. They have hotels where you pay in gold coins, and <laughs> you get an arsenal of, of, of like military grade weapons. And your problem is that you wouldn't be able to carry that many uh, chambers. <laughs> That's, That's where the your beef issue. is. That's where the beef is. You know what? I feel that they honestly heard the the bullets. Um, 
what do you call it, complaint in the fourth one. Because he's reloading constantly, and he's always picking up clips from, like, dead guys Good. and whatever. I hope he, I hope he doesn't sleep. I, I feel that, like, the filmmakers were like, fuck you guys. Gonna, oh, you're going to watch John Wick this. reload 300 times in this movie. <laughs> yeah. You guys yeah, are complaining about it? Here it is. you guys bitched. <laughs> Question number four. Uh, question number four comes from uh, Sergio De Silva, the owner and operator of Turbo House on Saint Denis. Uh, oh, nice! Recent, wow, shout out. Recently entered uh, a busted-up truck in a demolition derby at the Ormstown Fair. Nice. Because he's a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> Vinny, he wants to know how do you define success, like to you personally? Wow. Ah, uh, God, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to offend my hippie fans, but I mean, <laughs> I'm a banker. I work at a bank. I, I I encourage budgets. Success for me is unfortunately financially based. If you can, you know, do something you love that generates profit and you can live off it, for me, that is success. So you got a big, big house, fancy car, uh, air-conditioned RV at the music festival. That's that. That is, you know, part of it. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, as as materialistic as it sounds, I'm not going to change who I am or what I believe. I think, yeah, white, white, you know, big house, white fence, dog. That 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 is, you know, happy family. That is success. I think. Perfect. Uh, I love that. When what question do you want to ask our next guest, Vinny? Slash well, us slash you guys yeah we will okay. answer it first and it's gonna be perverse i'm telling you i've had a couple of drinks and my my mind is scattered i'm, I'm thinking of a whole bunch of you know inappropriate women right now so i'm gonna throw at you guys um Shit. yeah wh- where's the weirdest place you guys have had sex in before this that's what I'm throwing at you. We've come. We listen. We've had this question like three episodes ago. From Pat, like Pat Hickey <laughs> asked. Yeah, Pat Hickey asked the same question. <laughs> Montreal sports hockey beat journalist Pat Hickey asked the literal <laughs> same question earlier, like three months ago. Do you want to? Do you want a t- second swing on it? Come on, Vinny. You could do better than that. You want me to do better stop, than stop, that? Stop! Stop ripping off Pat Hickey. Is what oh I'm saying. Oh my God! I, I, Jesus Christ! Okay, let me. Try like, if we, if we hadn't have had that question. Literally in the last like we four did, yeah, we just had it. We just, and it was Pat Hickey, which makes it even cringier. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it, you're gonna regret asking me to rephrase that question because I'm gonna go deeper into dirtiness, and oh, you no, guys are gonna Vinny. it's Christ. gonna it's gonna it's gonna oh, go geez, bad. Vinny. It's gonna go bad. You said there, this is an 18 plus podcast, right? Absolutely. Well, it's not. A, it's not for minors. This certainly isn't. All right. What is the weirdest porn you guys have wanked off to? Oh, you guys are on the spot now, man. And you you asked for that one. That like, I mean, can't be like that I've seen or that I like that you've wanked off to. Okay. <laughs> if you want, I can start. It'll maybe break the tension and it'll give you guys I'm, a bit of I'm, and I'm it's, going deep it's into pretty, my memories here. It's pretty weird and Not it's pretty weird. So well, I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'll answer it for myself. So I don't know if you guys probably looked at fucking porn before. So um, there's no. this weird ass shit that's called. I don't even know the exact term, but it's fudo something or other. It's kind of like it's it's basically chicks with dicks. Okay. And they're doing shit to each other. And it's like it's a whole bunch of chicks with dicks just fucking their brains out of, of other chicks with dicks. So I'm going to go with that is the weirdest shit I've ever watched, you know, in terms of a, a binge porn shaft. Well, so I guess that's. that's- Weirder than my stepmom porn, so. 
So I, is I it a physical no stepmom you know? No, it's just that ever since Game of Thrones, porn is just incest and feet, so... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, was, I immediately went back to high school, and I, your thing sounds like a, a Japanese thing, Vinny. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I, yeah, no, for sure, like, for sure... I have definitely like gotten off to like tentacle hentai when I was in high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like there you for go. sure. Like I, and now like oh my, I, I and I don't know. I, is it a high school thing? Like the concept of like sexy cartoons, I'm like ew. But when I was like 16, I'm like yeah, sexy cartoons. As an adult, you know I there's nothing. I there, the concept of a sexy cartoon is like. What are we? Why are we wasting our time with a sexy cartoon? You, you right know now? what the problem is with that, Keith? Today is that they haven't upgraded their fucking the footage, like the quality of the video. Oh, it's all, that's it's all the problem. <laughs> if it was 4K full on tentacles, I'm sure you'd be going bonkers, man. I don't know. <laughs> just, just like I said, the the concept of like animated porn is something that in high school didn't mind. Now, nothing does nothing. Not happening. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, so good luck to your next guest on that one. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see who it I'm is. Sure we'll, manage. we'll see who it is. Uh, <laughs> Chris, do you have anything? This episode comes out literally uh, in St. Jean weekend. Do you have anything to plug? for? Uh, not right now, no. I'm on a bit of a, a hiatus uh, from the game. All right. Uh, but I'll be back soon, ready to go. So, uh, yeah. All right. Perfect. Vinny, well, uh, if obviously, you, if like you I said, don't mind. a ton of people, uh, you can catch you at Groove and Bass, obviously, next weekend in Bryson. Uh, in general, though, is there a place like you can go to, I'm assuming, Boschke Beats and Horns and Hoofs have websites that people can go and listen to music on and find out new artists that you're managing and some of your stuff? Is that right? 100%. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's mainly on Facebook, I would say, our, our social media banners. So mm-hmm. um, hornsandhoofs.com uh, will bring you to our Facebook page. Um, boschkebeats.com will bring you to the actual Boschke Beats website, which is more of a hybrid Bandcamp style page where you can get merchandise, you can see the releases from the label, uh, listen to them and purchase them if you like them. So definitely encourage you guys to support, uh, especially uh, the Midi Millis stuff, which is, in my opinion, you know the most mind exploding. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, guys, it was an honor to awesome, be on a part thanks, of the thanks, show. Thanks Thank to you have so you on. Much. It was awesome to catch up, Vinny. It was great. Yeah, for sure, man. Anytime. Thanks so much, Vinny. Thanks so much. This was awesome. Chris, great to meet you. Keith, sure, awesome buddy. talking to you guys. Hope to see you guys around soon for a couple of drinks, Keith. Sure. Yes, sir. Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.